I'm David Matson, and this is Primetime 89. A chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. A few years back, I was in downtown Honolulu walking to a class reunion. A few blocks away, I see my school bus with its distinctive blue and white stripes drive past me and then pull over to a stop. As I approached, I heard my name shouted from inside. Apparently some classmates recognized me, classmates I hadn't seen in over 30 years, and they asked the bus driver to pull over and offer me a ride. So I climbed in the bus and was greeted by a sea of familiar faces. Turns out Heidi was one of them. Hey, hi. Hello there. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Where are you but right now? Actually, I'm downstairs. So I am in our rumpus room. I call it our rumpus room. It's our gathering um, space where we hold all our, our dinners and when friends come over, which enters to our backyard, you see our basketball. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't realize that was a basketball backboard. I see it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then our, our yard. I've been busy, but not busy. Yeah. A lot of it is just busy with work. It was actually, it's been nice since the pandemic because it was all about my son's baseball and then my husband is a baseball coach. Uh-huh. So um, it's baseball all year round for both of them, <laughs> tracking them on two different teams. Yeah, and then just work. You know, and then me just wanting to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi talks about what it was like spending time with her grandparents on both sides and what some of her memories were working on their farm. So how was it like growing up for you? Where did you grow up? You know, tell me about your family. I have a brother and sister, so I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. My brother is three years younger than my sister is seven years younger. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... We lived in town till I was maybe seventh or eighth grade. For a while, my parents um, lived in Marco Polo. So my brother and I lived um, in Marco Polo. Um, My parents bought property in Uh IA that that we were going to build. So they had to sell Marco Polo so that we could get enough money to build on the IA property. In between time, we came and lived with my grandparents in Manoa, which is the house that I live in. Uh, and then my dad's parents, who live in Kahalu, mm-hmm. they bought us a six-acre property in Kahalu. So then we sold our IA home and built our home in Kahalu and then moved to Kahalu. Yeah. When did you move to Kahalu? How old were you? I think I was like maybe 12 or 13. Yeah. And um, so we have or six and a half acres, five of which is Agland. So our property is at least three football fields long. Um, Yeah. So the way our valley is, if Waihei Valley by Kahalu Fire Station, where Mark Adams and Clayton Madrona are captain, uh, <laughs> our property is pretty much everybody's backyard as it goes um, into the valley. So that's how like long it is. 
Wow. So um, do you farm on the property? Is, is that property used for farming right now? The property, not now. The property used to be used for farming. So my grandparents also lived in Waihe Valley. They lived in the valley um, and they had a 10 acre um, piece of property of which it was income producing because they had about, I think six, six rental homes on that property. Mm -hmm. And then the rest was all farmland. Mm -hmm. So growing up, I'm a farmer. <laughs> a lot a of my I didn't know that about you either. Wow. So um, they had a heliconia farm. So we had all the varieties of ginger and heliconia. We sold to a lot of florists. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had tons of banana patches, a lot of mountain apple, ulu on the property of which we would, we would help harvest. Sunday was our biggest day to help my grandparents harvest. And, and sometimes in the summers, I would have to spend my summers with them. Yeah, we, I would help my, my grandparents harvest. So we would, um, the flowers for the floors we would pick and you know cut and pick the flowers it was only me and my brother and sister oh and of course my mom and dad so my grandfather would give us a list of how many of each type of flower to pick sure. and then we would just you know just kind of um deviate the responsibilities come back and then we would take it back up to the house and prep it so for each um, vendor that they sold to. Mm -hmm. I learned to drive a tractor before I learned to drive a car. And I'm not talking a, reg a steering wheel tractor, um, the cats, you know, the ones with the, the, the two levers. Oh, so are those like kind of like a backhoe where they've got the scoopy thing? Kind of, you can use that, but it had the, it had the bucket in the front. Okay. Uh, it, it did have the attachments so that you can scoop things, but the tractor um, is what we use most of the time. Because and we would use the bucket, um, to place all our flowers in to take it from the farm to the house where we would clean and prep the flowers. So I learned how to to drive a tractor before I learned how to drive a car. Um, I learned how to use a sickle or uh -huh. um, shears. Before I could even cut my, I could use a knife to cut my own meat or vegetables. <laughs> oh my goodness! And and uh, if you ever got cut, did you learn to put to put mud and spit in, in the wound before you learned? To um, no, I learned how to. It was always safety first because I got to use a sickle. My brother and I were the only ones that were allowed to use a sickle. Mm -hmm. um, and it was. The sickle with the long neck or the long knife part. Um, and then I, I don't know why we started with the long one, because technically we graduated to the shorter one. <laughs> mm -hmm. You would think we would use the shorter one, right? Because we were young, but I don't know. We, when you got good, then you got the shorter one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was all safety. Um, so you would... Use your sickle to cut the flower at the base. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that was one safety. Like you don't pull too hard. How to use the knife? How to stand? How to carry the uh, the sickle? Yeah. And then we would use the sickle um, to, I guess, cut the 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 stem of the flower to uh -huh. the right height or length that the um, the florist actually wanted it at. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, we didn't use the shears. Were just to. Uh, Cut the leaves off so we learned how to cut or like swipe it away from our body did you ever have any accidents or any of your siblings ever have any accidents with a sickle nope none oh. amazingly yeah good for you yeah i mean and we would cut down the banana trees too wow those are easy too i mean considering that it's a pretty wide trunk it's just all kind of succulent so you can just like yeah. slice through it easily with a sharp blade right yeah but we were told, we were taught not to hack, to just cut. So I think that's why it was, uh, I, I think that's why it was, we, we've never gotten hurt in that way, Matt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, so what, what was, what were those days like when you'd go, is it just you go there and you work or was it, you know, working in the daytime and in the afternoon or evening, you'd sit down and have a nice family meal or, or whatnot. How did that go? Yeah, exactly. So I was brought up actually in a strong Christian home. Mm -hmm. So on Sundays, we would have to go to church at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. Church would finish about nine. Then my, mind you, it was just me and my, uh, my siblings that had to go to church. My mom didn't have to go to church, but my grandparents on my mom's side um, told us that we needed to go to church, right? We needed to get our weekly blessings in. So we would go to church. My mom would drop us off at church or we would sleep over at my grandmother's house and go to church. Um, we would come home and sometimes from church, we would, if anything, yeah, we would have lunch with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. My mom would pick us up from my grandparents' house. And then we would drive to... Kahalu to go work on the farm. So I'm talking when we were young, as as young as like six or eight years. No, maybe not. That's a little too young. Maybe eight to ten years old. That would be our our our, our Sunday routine. Mm -hmm. um, so we would pick up, and then we would go to Kahalu to help my other grandparents on the farm. Mm -hmm. So we would start by two or three and get done get everything done in a couple of hours. Uh -huh. um, we'll get it all prepped and then we would have dinner with my grandparents um, in Kahalu. Yeah. Nice. So um, what was commonly served? Do you remember any of that? Um, did they use ingredients off of the farm or was it store-bought stuff? Um, a lot of it was you know what? It, it, a lot of it was just stew and rice, I think. Okay. Um, it, it, it's funny because so my grandparents that lived in town, that was my mom's side of the family. The Kahalu side of the family was my dad's family. Um, my auntie in that also lived in this house, she worked for a food distributor. So she we, you know, we, we ate a lot of like steak and chicken. Um, but at my grandparents, I guess more farmers, we had more stew. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess sometimes they would cook more Chinese too. So like we would have like beef broccoli, beef choy sum, chicken choy sum type of thing. But it was all about, yeah, a lot of it was just stew. That's what my grandparents ate. Okay. Yeah. Chinese farmers, right? Yeah. They, it's all about, and you know, we wouldn't eat a lot of, well, we'd eat a lot of poi in both households. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they grew a lot of breadfruit, um, well, I guess they weren't innovative. Back then, you just ate ulu, not like today where they incorporated into stews or chips or whatever. Yeah, just ask hello about that. He's, he's got the, the market on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything was very simple. I mean, stew was just the easiest at my grandparents, but yeah. So was it was it like the beef and carrots and potatoes, or were there other things that um, that they'd get creative and, and add to it? Um, it was the regular um, a beef beef stew, um, brown gravy, brown gravy stew, not tomato based. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, carrots, definitely carrots, uh, and they would. Um, either use potatoes or sweet potato, purple potatoes, not necessarily the yellow potatoes, but more the purple potatoes in the stew. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds pretty hearty. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, on, on several occasions, and this is where they tricked us, and we didn't know we were eating it, they would put tongue in their stew. <laughs> yeah and my brother and I didn't realize that until one day we had to help my grandmother uh prepare the stew so we had to cut the tongue up and we were like flabbergasted we were we were like what are we you mean this whole time <laughs> and I can't say the whole time but I mean, you can you can kind of tell what beef was right beef chunks it was like a tongue, uh, but bigger. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. And no particles to waste, I guess. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That's yeah. That's interesting. I, I'm not much. I mean, for me, you know, tongue or other other things beyond just the regular muscle is uh, a bit exotic. You know, tripe. Yeah, yeah tripe is something. Something weight. Yeah, my, my wife loves all that kind of stuff. That's her jam. <laughs> the regular stuff. The, the yeah. boring, the, the regular parts of, of the animal. <laughs> of yeah. regular animals. <laughs> yeah. We also earned money by going down to my my grandparents' farm. It's the Chang side, yeah? The, yeah. <laughs> so that would be sort of our weekly allowance. Mm-hmm. And they would give us even extra money if we um, washed the dishes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was also kind of funny, too, because when we would have um, our other cousins over who wouldn't help us on the farm, um, they just came over for dinner. My brother and I trick my cousins into washing dishes with us um, (laughs) so that they would do all the heavy work and we would do the cleanup. Yeah. And the ruse was that our grandfather was going to pay us you know, give us another allowance for washing dishes. Yeah. So 
they they were all like, oh yeah, yeah. So they would like wash the dishes and stuff like that. Well, my brother and I were just kind of like cruising, um, you know, cleaning up the table and whatnot. But my grandfather didn't like it because they would go straight up to my grandfather and put their hand out like this. And they're like, we wash the dishes. And he's all like, well, good job, right? And yeah. then like, but aren't you going to pay us? He goes, no, that's part of why you ate here is to help us clean the house. <laughs> and they would look at my brother and I would be laughing on the side because we got paid for doing that. But yeah, yeah. that was part of the whole package, right? Of working on the farm and then, sure. um, you know, cook and clean after that. Sure, sure. So technically that was our allowance. He wasn't going to pay them. <laughs> they got mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so tricky. <laughs> what's um what's the name of the other side of the family, your mom's side? What's so my mom's side, um Goo Kim. Two words, Goo Kim. Okay, Goo yeah. Kim. Is that like a, a goo married a Kim or is it just one like a two-part last name? Yeah, so when my grandfather came over from China, yeah. his name was Gu Kum Fui, K-U-M. I don't know the story of how it became Gu Kim, mm -hmm. but that's why it's two words. It's part of his whole name. I'm not sure which was the first and last, but he, uh, he came over as a merchant. Mm -hmm. He helped build or start the Gu Society, the Benevolent Gu Society. Wow. Oh, neat. Yeah. So both my brother and I graduated from Kamehameha, um, and then my sister graduated from Marino. Um, my brother and I went to Kamehameha in seventh grade. My sister got to Kamehameha in kindergarten, and she was part of that class where at sixth grade, you had to take the entry test again mm -hmm. for okay. seventh grade. Even if you passed the test, it was a lottery system to enter seventh grade. So she didn't get in for seventh grade so that's why she had to go to Marinol. so did you play softball in high school i did i played all three i played um volleyball softball and basketball okay for varsity sports i think i only played um basketball okay yeah volleyball I, I... is my true love but mm -hmm. i don't know why just after junior year or senior year, I can't remember. I think a bunch of us didn't go out for volleyball. And I just followed them. I was like, well, if I don't play with you guys, I don't want to play, you know? I guess they didn't have that competitive spirit in me back then. Well, so your kids probably got a little bit of, of the bug from your husband and also from you. <laughs> oh, definitely. My son is still surprised that I can do things because mm -hmm. I'll take him on the basketball court and he's like, oh, because <laughs> I can still shoot. Yeah. I, I showed him how to do the naughty tricks on the basketball court. And, um, my yeah. husband doesn't like that. <laughs> how do you think classmates will remember you from back in high school days? I, I don't know. Um, I still hang out, um, not necessarily hang out, but I still have my core group of friends. Mm 
Um, is it the Shabu Shabu bunch that, that you're no, telling? No, not at all. I've, I mean, we're getting to know, I'm only getting, well, we're only getting to know each other. I've never, uh, other than knowing Wendy, Miley, Jen, Jace, I, you know, maybe if I had the class with them or in passing, I knew who they were, but they weren't really my friends and definitely not part of the inner circle. So, so how long have you been getting together and getting to know that group then, you know, the Wendy and Jason and uh, Jen, we're talking like a handful of years. We've been working with each other for at least off and on um, for the past 10 years. Okay. I remembered, I think Wendy was saying something about she was going to go to your house. You had a little get together or something yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. How did that go? Who was there? What, what did you guys do? Um, so it's our usual crew. Wendy, Jason Young, Jennifer Trinidad. Yes. And then Rose Lau. And then fifth and sixth wheel of our crew is Miley and Andrew. I think we've been working with each other on a lot of our reunion project, this part of the crew that come over. So we either go out to eat every couple months or something. I think I use my home as a gathering place because Wendy likes to shabu shabu here. <laughs> <laughs> so we can lay out, you know, three or four different burners and pots. Yeah, yeah. I, I just told them, you know, if you guys want to shabu shabu, we don't have to go out to shabu shabu. We can do it all right here and just bring what we want. You know, we don't have to pay for that. We just do the original shabu shabu where you just boil water or kombu in the water. And then we just have the miso and the ponzu sauce for dipping sauces. And that's it. So it's simple and basic, but really delicious. I, I bet. Uh -huh. But shabu shabu, it's the best. I don't know why. Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's a good tip for me to keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So we came over to make a project. Let me go get it real quick. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Wait. Wait. Can you see it? Yeah. A wreath. A wreath. Yeah. yeah it's more decorative. So like mine was all about baseball. Um. Jason kind of picked the themes for us, and I'm glad he did because that's. Pretty much what our life is. If we're not home, we're probably at the baseball field. So what's the intent with the wreath? This was the pandemic project for his mom. She wanted to do these wreaths and stuff like that. So he, so I think he started or practiced with us and then hopefully he'll open it up to everybody else. Once when Heidi's son was unconsolably fussy, she was able to soothe him in a most unexpected way. You have one son? No, I have two knuckleheads. Two of them, huh? Yeah. So my oldest is 19. Mm -hmm. He graduated last year. So my second son, he's 16. He'll be a junior. Mm -hmm. He's in high school. He wants to play college ball. Both my kids go to Mid-Pacific. My husband is a Mid-Pacific alum. Mm. He teaches there. He coaches there. Yeah. We live in Manoa, so it's like our backyard. So <laughs> So do they play other sports besides baseball too? My oldest played baseball. He's not really athletic, but we kept him in sports for, you know, all the other things. 
mm-hmm. right? The friends, um, the competitiveness, confidence issues. Actually, my youngest one, he's my mini me. Mm-hmm. He looks like me. <laughs> and then he's more athletic. So he played volleyball and he played basketball mm-hmm. and then baseball. He's been led to concentrate mainly with baseball, mm-hmm. which is really unfortunate because I believe in being a multi-sport athlete. Mm-hmm. But at Mid-Pacific, especially if you're with the baseball team, you need to concentrate on baseball mm-hmm. year round. They take their baseball very seriously. They do. So my youngest, his name is Nainoa. Mm-hmm. When he was a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. and my husband kept telling me, you know, Heidi, he cannot play basketball because basketball season is right before baseball season. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, he can. He's helpful to the basketball team. He's helpful for the, the school. You know, it, it helps. It, it helps get him ready for base. Like for me, I think it helps get him ready for baseball mentally, right? Uh-huh. And then for somebody that didn't play basketball year round, he could still pick it up and keep up. He was still one of the fastest on the court, right? So I'm thinking it's not hurting him. When he got to baseball, he was able to pick up where he left off. Yeah, I think that's kind of the trend with competitive sports, even at the grade school level, which is different from what I remember when we were growing up. I bleed blue and white through and through. Okay. And they are very well aware of that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, so that's, so, yeah. so they, they, they respect your space when it comes to that. They do. I'll make sure that I'll be present at a lot of Kamehameha games, especially when Midpack is playing them. Sure. We used to go and watch a lot of high school volleyball, basketball, like boys and girls sports, sure. especially if like Kamehameha was in town or we would travel up to Kamehameha to go play. Even though I'm with him, I would still wear my Kamehameha um, attire. I would. <laughs> we never go on family vacations. All our family vacations are centered around some sort of baseball trip. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a tournament and then three days following is our vacation. We'll, we'll you know, stay there and play for three extra days or something. Yeah. Have you ever experienced a miracle or something that you just couldn't explain? When my son was maybe one or two years old, we were vacationing with my parents in Kona. We didn't stay at a hotel, but we stayed at a a condo. My son was like, all his allergies were coming out. So he was just uncomfortable. He couldn't sleep. His nose was always running. He was fussy. can we switch units so we did we switched units with somebody else and me my husband and my son slept in the bedroom and then my niece and nephew slept on the pull-out couch in the living room in the middle of the night my son gets up and he's screaming his head off like he had a bad nightmare but we couldn't comfort him He didn't want a bottle. He didn't want water. I changed his diaper. He's still screaming. I carried him. My husband carried him. We couldn't calm him down. Or it felt like, you know, 20 minutes. I'm not sure how long it was. And this is unlike him. Mm -hmm. So we checked his body. Maybe he got bit by something or whatever, right? Nothing. 
he was just screaming his head off. For whatever reason, I looked on the, the side table, the night table, and there was a Bible just sitting there. And I kid you not, David, I just literally put the Bible on his forehead. Like I just literally went like that. And I went, oh my gosh, dear Lord, please help me. And that's all I said. I, I didn't say a full prayer. And he just started smiling and giggling like somebody was tickling him. Oh. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like what just happened? And I picked him up. He was happy. He fell right asleep. And I just laid the Bible down next to him as he slept. And he slept like a baby. Well, Craig and I were like, what just happened? Like, why? What just happened? And then, you know, in the morning when we woke up, I asked my niece and nephew, I'm like, I'm sorry, are you guys okay? Like, did you hear Michael cry? They're like, we didn't hear anything. He would have woken up the whole neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if that's a miracle, but that's just something that happened that I cannot explain. For Heidi, there's no place like Hawaii. And she really loves her boy. I mean, poi. She really loves her poi. What's the most meaningful thing that you've ever done in your life? I think volunteering at Young Life. Why? Um, I was able to mentor. I think that also helped me open up as a person, mm -hmm. not just in my faith. It's an outreach camp for kids that don't know Christ. It's a week-long process. You check in on a Monday. You stay through Saturday. But the whole time, it's, it's all about fun. At Young Life, one, you have to be mature. You have to be able to mentor kids when they come with your issues. I mean, high school issues, high school problems, and so forth. You have to lead by faith. By faith, you mean um, by faith and, and by the example that you show? Yes. So with me being able to volunteer at the Young Life at Kamehameha, I also volunteered, or I would stop in at some of the, the Punahou Young Life meetings. Sure. Um, just because I got to meet some of those kids at camps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. From there in the summer trips, I would go with the Young Life group to the different camps on the mainland. Um, I attended that in high school, but as a student, you would be able to engage in some of the daily activities, whether it's horseback riding, uh, ropes course, zip lining, uh, go-karts, just fun things. And then now I went as a leader. So um, that was really, really fun. And it's all faith-led. So all the kids that volunteer there, they're only volunteers. We have meetings twice a day mm -hmm. where we talk a little bit about God and, you know, Christianity. So by Thursday and Friday night, you get to this point where, you know, you've, we've taught you enough. Would you like to make that commitment to follow Jesus? So that's part of the Thursday, Friday night fun. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they do make that commitment 
with Christ and take that bit home, it, it really brings out the best in people. It sounds like a really special kind of place and, and a special week for yeah. them. You know, what does Hawaii and being Hawaiian mean to you? It definitely means that we're special. I mean, no place, no place does this aloha. You know, um, when you go to the mainland, you're immediately looked as well, one being Mexican, even though I look totally Asian, I still, they don't treat me as being Asian. You're immediately thought of as being dumb or uneducated. And I don't appreciate that. That It's almost like I don't like that competitive atmosphere and just trying to be free on the mainland. Hawaii just allows that freedom. Uh, maybe because I know I got the backing of whatever hundreds of thousands of Hawaiians behind me, you know, whether I have that lakui or not. But I've gone to Japan several times mm -hmm. and it's different there too. But the culture is too focused on the men. <laughs> I don't <know. laughs> they have their different type of respect there. That is very nice. You know, mm -hmm. they do appreciate they're tourists from Hawaii because we do have some sort of connection there. Yeah, there's no place like Hawaii. I have, my family is here, born and raised on the earth, uh, in the earth, in the dirt here. It's made me just appreciate Hawaii. Do you have a comfort food? A food that, um, you know, just puts you in the right place? It's either salmon or something with poi, poi and sardines, um, canned salmon and poi. Um, yeah, I can eat, oh my gosh, I can even eat salmon and poi. Like if I have a hankering like for poi, like it's even sometimes when I'm sick. Yeah. Like I'll go to the store for salmon and poi or like even chicken noodle soup and yeah. poi. <laughs> okay. How do you eat poi? with chicken noodle soup so in your um soup spoon yes i'll grab a little bit of poi and then yeah. a scoop of simon and then um or chicken noodle soup and eat it that way really i know <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> it's comforting it hits a spot when you're sick okay i would never have guessed that cuisine combination from you yeah. okay <laughs> that's wonderful that makes you 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 yep. do you Heidi <laughs> when we were young my mom and auntie made us all Simon for lunch mm -hmm. and uh, there was a bowl of poi on the table and they just started going at it eating poi and Simon and I was like what are you doing and they're like try it and I was just like Mm, okay and I did and I was just like it's not bad it's not bad <laughs> I mean it, yeah it can't be like that fresh ramen it can only be Sapporo Ichiban <laughs> and, and poi out of the out of the packets or or the cup of noodles yeah the package but I think it's just like the salt from Sapporo Ichiban yeah. that that soup with the poi really helps. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about at first when you mentioned it. Yes, exactly. See, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I'm going to have to try that the next time. 
I still love my lao lao and poi, fish and poi, sardines and poi with opai and raw onion and salt. I, I see a pattern here. So poi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What kind of poi do you like? Okay, not the sweet poi. Uh -huh. I like mine's day old, sour. I'll eat poi because I like poi, mm -hmm. but I will bypass hanale or fresh uh, pa'i to just get the Honolulu day old poi, <laughs> taro brand or whatever. Interesting how, how everybody's got their own, you know, poi palette. Heidi, do you have a health routine? For several, actually almost going on maybe seven years. I've tried to make ourselves green smoothies or actually every night I would make green smoothies for our family. It's just spinach or the power mix okay. with some a mix of berries and that's, you know, an apple juice. That's our veggies for the day. Pretty nice. much. Okay. Yeah. So I can't always make, you know, a three course meal, right? Mm -hmm. If we can get it in, in the mornings, mm -hmm. that'll be fine. During the pandemic, just because we needed to make sure that our immune system um, was, you know, at max, instead of breaking bread at night, after dinner snack was our vitamins. So we had all our vitamins on the table. So that's kind of been like a nightly routine for us. So how do you get your kids to buy into the, the whole, we got some vitamins, man. They've always bought into that. Okay. And I kid you not, as their kids, you know, like the kids' vitamins in that little bottle or whatever. and stuff? Yeah. And yeah. I would um, just shake it and they would literally come running. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't give them candy when they were younger. They yeah. weren't much candy eaters. And I didn't try to tell them that they were candy. But because it was such their routine, all I would do is shake the bottle and they would come find me. It's that padlock. So like we have a two-story home and my husband and I would test it because as soon as they hear it, literally, oh, they'll come running and they're, they're ready to take their vitamins. So I could be like downstairs and I would just shake the bottle and like they would literally come running um, down the stairs and they're like, Okay, um, I've never had to fight with them to take any vitamin. Sometimes they'd be asked, they'll ask, like, I'll forget to go get another bottle of vitamins. They're like, like how come you haven't bought our vitamins in a while? <laughs> <laughs> Even with vegetables. Yeah, I don't need to entice them into eating the vegetables. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that being part of your routine, even from a young age as, as your sons are, that's that's a good habit to get into at that age. I was uh, with, with my family, we're at a restaurant having breakfast, and my daughter read somewhere, and she was really young at the time, that blueberries are, are good for your brain health. It makes you smarter, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there she is sitting at the table. She, she orders some blueberries to go with her pancakes. So she reaches in the bowl, grabs a, a few blueberries, right? She throws it in her mouth and, and she says to her brother, brother, ask me a question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how it works, but. <laughs> 
Heidi, how do you feel about turning 50? 50 is just a number. I do hate it because my body is starting to break down. Okay. I cannot. I've been going to boot camp for five years now. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to keep up. I think that's what helps keep me young. Uh -huh. Allows me to have seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's kept me strong. I joined boot camp because I actually got injured. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought the only way to recover from my injury was to start some sort of exercise program that forced me to do different type of exercises because I wasn't about to lift weights and do all that stuff. I'm kind of like eager to see if there's any other changes that will come at 50. Oh, 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 the, oh boy, the, the, there'll be changes, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you think are great about turning 50? Just being comfortable in how we are. My kids are, they're older now. Oh, wow. They're better, faster than me, but we, I still run stairs with them. But I don't have to do so much more activities with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in that sense, that part of life, living, our marriage, parenting mm -hmm. will change. So, but I'm excited for this time in life. What message would you want to give to the class of 2089? Invest in game stock. No, just kidding. <laughs> you know, really appreciate family. Really, I think truly understand where family came from. You know, the history of your family, their struggles, their highs and lows. Not everybody has a perfect story. Here now and speaking with my cousins too, they're learning a lot about the struggles that our family had back in the day during the wartime but I think that's important um, you know keep family God and family first go out and learn all that you can from the world whether if it takes you to the mainland or foreign countries learn there you have to learn outside of Hawaii and bring that knowledge back to Hawaii so that we as Hawaii can thrive. That's great. This is yeah. great. The great project, Dave. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had a great time. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> All right. Have a great rest of the day, Heidi. Thank you. You too. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Primetime 89. I'd like to thank our guest, Heidi Hayashi, for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Wendy Brown and Kaylee Aquaro, Dana and Drake Kao. And a special thank you to Drez, Dwayne Andres for the music, and Elizabeth Madsen with production and editing. I'm your host, David Madsen. Be sure to like us and follow us at Primetime 89 Hawaii, where you can see photos of our guests and their stories. And subscribe to get the latest updates and news of upcoming episodes. And join us again with another classmate on Primetime 89.